Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Dave Moore. Hello, the time is half five. You're listening to Manx Radio. I am Dave Moore and this is Update. Welcome to the programme. Half an hour of the latest news in the art of man plus Manx Sport. Business, Sea Watch and travel updates along with the newsmakers in person. Coming up, Manx Care hopes the eight remaining requests for a birth debriefing service will be managed as soon as possible. We find out how a safety notice to owners and operators of beam and scholar trawlers will affect Manx fishermen. And we look ahead to FC Man's match against promotion chasing Berry tomorrow. That's all coming up in the next 30 minutes. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. But first of all, the update news headlines read by Lewis Foster. Fast am I. Fast am I. As the UK enters a technical recession, the Treasury Minister says the Isle of Man is in a better position than its offshore counterparts. Minister Alex Allenson says he acknowledges financial pressures facing the island, but doesn't believe the news from across will affect his upcoming budget. The mountain road is currently closed between the hairpin and the bungalow due to a collapsed culvert. The Department of Infrastructure is carrying out emergency repairs with hopes to have it reopened by 8 o'clock. And visitor numbers to the Isle of Man last year were reportedly healthier than in 2019 before the COVID pandemic. The island welcomed 318,000 visitors during 2023, who spent around £183.2 million. In the international news, UK Foreign Secretary Lord Cameron says Vladimir Putin must be held accountable for the death of Alexei Navalny. The Russian anti-corruption campaigner died in a Siberian prison camp four days after his mother said he was healthy healthy and cheerful. Elsewhere, a woman has been jailed for seven years for taking a child out of the UK to be subjected to female genital mutilation. 40-year-old Amina Noor from Harrow in northwest London has been convicted for taking a three-year-old to Kenya in 2006 to have the procedure. And six suspected migrants are in hospital after being found in the back of a lorry in New Haven in East Sussex. Two people have been arrested. Those are the headlines. I'll be back with the news at six o'clock. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's guidance on powers of attorney and more. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Largely cloudy with a few outbreaks of drizzle as well as a small risk of coastal mist. Minimum temperature 8 Celsius. Overcast to start tomorrow with coastal mist and fog. Area of rain and drizzle then arriving mid-afternoon and staying murky. Moderate to fresh southerly wind and a top temperature of 11 Celsius. Mainly dry on Sunday with bright or sunny spells, light to moderate westerly wind and a highest temperature of 12 Celsius. Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double and triple glazing. Call 674-573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate. Update brought to you by Simcox Advocates. 
The results of a consultation among Manx care workers in eight unions over their 6% pay offer from the health body will be known later this month. Members of the Royal College of Nursing have already accepted the deal. Still to give their verdict are health care workers in Unite, Unison, Prospect, the Society of Podiatry, the RCN and the bodies representing dietetics, physio, radiology. Debbie Holzold is Regional Officer for the Unite Union. So as regards to our ballot, um, Unite, we ballot no members and hours clause on the 23rd. I think by the 26th of February, the other eight trade unions will have collated all their information. And on that date, there will be a joint side press release given as regards to where that is. But obviously, we will inform the employer, Manx Care, of what our um, ballot results will be on acceptance or rejection. Now, of course, RCN are the biggest union, but this is far from cut and dried because between the other eight, there are still a significant number of people. I think that's... Well, I would beg to differ on the largest union, but that is what it is. Um, the other eight significant trade unions have all got members and are all recognised within the constitution and the recognition agreement with Manx Care. And is there any... Do you have any sort of gut feeling how this is likely to go? I think given that it's the um, peer ward for 23-24, I think our members just want it to be finished so we can start negotiating for 24-25. An investigation is underway after a member of Steam Packet crew was injured during an incident in Douglas Harbour last night. Lewis Foster reports. The staff member was sent to hospital following what the ferry operator described as a birthing incident. It happened as the Manxman arrived from Hesham at six o'clock. Subsequently, the evening and overnight crossing to Hesham and back was cancelled. Steam Packet Managing Director Brian Thompson said, I can confirm that unfortunately a member of our staff has received injuries requiring hospitalisation as a result of the incident. Our colleague is comfortable, he says, and our thoughts and best wishes are obviously with them and their family at this time, and we wish them all the best for a speedy recovery. We are currently investigating this incident, he says, and will be liaising with all relevant authorities. We are not currently in a position to confirm any further details, but will release further updates as it becomes available. Well, Manx Radio has contacted the Isle of Man Ship Registry for comment. Today's Manxman sailings resumed on schedule. You're listening to the Isle of Man's quintessential daily news and current affairs roundup. Update on Manx Radio. Treasury is claiming the Isle of Man's economically in a better position than its offshore counterparts as new figures show the UK's entered a technical recession. Minister Alex Allenson's acknowledging the island still has financial pressures but doesn't believe the situation elsewhere will affect his upcoming budget. Gross domestic product, GDP, is a measure of the market value of all the final goods and services produced by a country, and it's measured quarterly in the UK. So you're quite right. In July, September, their GDP dropped by 0.1%, and in October to December, it dropped by 0.3%. But overall, over last year, the economy in the UK actually grew by 0.1%. So it's not all bad news. And what we're looking at there, particularly in the Christmas period, are things like the doctor's strike and hospitals not being able to see patients, fall in school attendance, and also with all the bad weather, the retail sales dropped in the UK. So we're expecting a bounce back there in the first quarter of this year. We're not looking at something that might be contagious coming over here. And actually, when you look at the Isle of Man economy, it's really quite resilient. 
when Moody's came over and did the credit rating last year, they said we historically have got quite a resilient economy, particularly compared with other offshore centres and small countries. So I think we're in a better position here, but we know that times are tough for both businesses and normal residents. Because it's all very well, isn't it, thinking about the economy in terms of, of what you understand by the Treasury. We're thinking about the person on the street and how it actually impacts them. Does this news from the UK have any bearing on what you might tell us on Tuesday? Not really, because what we're doing with the, with the budget, we've been working on this for the last six months, is looking far more longer term in terms of investing in our economy, in terms of supporting people and businesses here going forward. But it is difficult. We know that there have been cost pressures, both in household budgets, but also company budgets. And we need to support the local economy. But also we've seen some significant cost pressures in government. And we need to make sure that we can balance those without continually drawing down on reserves. Because one of the other problems that the UK faces is government borrowing, which obviously we do to a degree, but we need to keep strictly under control and rationalise it and prioritise the amount of money we spend as a government. You're listening to Manx Radio. This is Update. Manx Cares hoping to take care of the eight remaining requests as part of their birth debriefing service. There's currently a six-month waiting list due to a staff member being on maternity leave. Barbara Roberts is the head of midwifery at Nobles Hospital. If you've had a baby on the Isle of Man, they birth reflections and debrief team can provide you with the opportunity to talk about your birth experience and explore your feelings and thoughts with a midwife. Not all women will require a debrief and this is okay but it's not always easy to take in the information you're given during labour and birth or immediately afterwards and by reviewing your notes it might help fill in any gaps. Everyone will have a different experience throughout their pregnancy and birth and talking about what happened might answer any questions and help you understand events. Our aim is for you to feel heard and supported while adjusting to motherhood. Midwives running this service are not trained counsellors or therapists, but they will listen and help you to explore your feelings and direct you to other services for further support if needed. We aim to see all referrals as quickly as possible. However, every birth reflection requested requires a midwife to review the maternity record and create a timeline which will inform the discussion. This preparation does take time, but it does ensure that the debrief meeting is effective. You can refer yourself for a birth reflection or a debrief by contacting us on our email address, birthreflections at gov.im. Once you've sent us an email, a member of the birth reflections team will be in touch to arrange a suitable date and time. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. The Manxman left Hesham at three o'clock this afternoon, so therefore is not expected to arrive into Douglas this evening until around quarter to seven. That means the quarter to eight will now leave at quarter past eight. The quarter to eight is now leaving at quarter past eight, although you are advised to check in as normal. It will arrive into Hesham around half eleven, turn around and then depart Hesham again at quarter past two in the morning to arrive back here at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Like the Steam Packet on Facebook for the latest sailing information. Infrastructure Minister Tim Crookall insists work is underway on a detailed plan for improving bus facilities in Douglas. They were due to be completed last year, but missed the deadline set by Timwald. Two possible sites are at the C-Terminal or where the former Lord Street depot once stood. 
Yeah, it wasn't done. Obviously, there was a change of ministers over the, that period as well, and uh, it was just one of those things, for whatever reason, it wasn't done. But we've picked up on it, and uh, we're working on it, and those designs are now being drawn up. And we're also looking at the Lord Street site, obviously. If nothing is feasible down at the sea terminal, then yeah, we're looking at the Lord Street site, what we can do to make that better in the interim until, obviously, that site is developed. Does it worry you, though, that Timwald can task a department to do something with a deadline and then the department can simply not do it? It's, it's not right. Um, as I said, you know, there's no excuses, even though there's been some changes down at the department and stuff. Everybody's busy and things do get missed, but it's not right. There was a resolution from the July Timwood, and I apologise to the Timwood members and I apologise to Miss Farragher as well, but we're getting on with that now. I know you said that the minister changed over the periods between all of this happening, but the civil servants don't change. The chief officer remains the same. Yeah, that's correct. And as I've just said, you know, it, it was missed and for whatever reason, but, you know, everybody's busy and there's lots of people over the summer months have holidays and things and but it was it was picked up you know probably october time we started looking at it down in the department are you worried that there are other things that the department's missed not as far as i know i'm not aware of any how much money are you requesting we don't know yet we're looking at the design stage still of what can and can't be done there and then when we know what what's possible and you know how many buses we're talking about can get in and out there safely and what needs to be moved obviously if, if we're going to put buses in and out of there regularly car parking is going to have to be moved and things like that so all that has to be looked at before we can get any idea of the costings and then take that forward manx radio business briefing Shop sales in the UK rebounded in January as shoppers flocked to stock up on food at supermarkets and take advantage of New Year bargains. Official figures revealed a 3.4% jump in sales following a record drop in December. Food sales at supermarkets rose strongly while department stores reported a positive impact from January sales. However, inflation remained elevated with people paying more for less. A leading forecaster says energy bills in the UK will fall in April by nearly £300 a year for a household using a typical amount of gas and electricity. Consultancy Cornwall Insight has predicted a 15% drop, taking the typical annual bill to £1,635, the lowest in more than two years. The energy price cap for the three months from April will be announced by regulator Ofgem in one week's time. Many bill payers are still struggling to make payments. If the prediction proves to be correct, the annual bill for a UK household paying by direct debit would fall by £293 a year compared with the current level of 1928 The Stock Market Report Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European stocks closed higher following two positive sessions that have taken the European regional benchmark back toward its recent record highs. US stocks fell slightly after another hotter-than-expected inflation reading undermined the case for interest rate cuts and gold priced higher. Oil slipped as a forecast of slowing demand by the International Energy Agency offset support from geopolitical tensions and hopes that the US Federal Reserve might cut interest rates sooner than expected. In corporate news, Close Brothers fell sharply again as Berenberg slashed its price target on the shares and cut estimates after the Merchant Bank announced on Thursday it was scrapping its dividend amid a regulator probe into car financing. Onto the markets at the close, the FTSE 100 stood at 7711. That's up one5 5%. The Dow Jones 38,728 down 
11%. The Nasdaq 15,881 down 0.16%. The exchange rates, the pound against the dollar stood at 1.259 and against the euro 1.168. In commodities, gold is at 2009 US dollars up 0.29% and Brent is at 83.16. That's up 0.47%. I'm running late again. Do you know where I put my car keys? In the fridge. Where's my phone? Under the dog basket. Bye. You haven't forgotten that we're seeing Ramsey Cook all later? Oh, um, no, of, of course not. Um, 5pm, is it? Quarter to three. I'll be there. Life is busy. That's why Ramsey Crookall's team takes time to help you make a mindful investment decision. Considering all the options, giving you full control of your financial future. Less stress, more assurance. Forgot to put my shoes on. See how we can make your money work for you. Call 717171 or visit RamseyCrookall.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit Simcox.com or call 690-300. Visits and numbers to the Isle of Man have returned to pre-pandemic levels. Figures for last year hit the 318,000 mark, each one spending an average of just under £600 each. That's just over £108 million in total. Uh, That's just over £183 million in total, I should say. Visit Isle of Man's Chief Executive Officer is Deborah Heather. It's better than our competitors, I guess, in the British Isles, so the other Crown dependencies and and some of the destinations within the UK itself. I will take the argument we're starting from a relatively low place, but I'm very pleased with the impact that we've managed to achieve so far. And to those of of the doubters out there, yes, of course, it's not taking into consideration the 1960s and things like that. Um, It's the growth that we've we've had in the last 10, 15 years that's significant. Now, 318,000 visitors contributing 183.2 million pounds. The the interesting point there is it's exceeded your targets quite considerably by I think it was 18,000 people and 21.8 million pounds uh, respectively. So that that is a that is a decent uh, a decent figure. It, it it really is. I I guess one of the things we didn't know post pandemic what we what we could achieve. I think what what we found was investing in our in our reach. So thinking about trying to get to as many people as possible to let them know about the Isle of Man that really worked for us I think we still have that best kept secret you know hidden gem type reputation and there's lots of our super fans that would like to keep it that way and I'm not advocating for over tourism but I think we can stretch it a little further and get that extra investment in the island and yeah we're delighted with the results I think the whole team has worked incredibly hard and and, and actually what I need to do is thank the industry because of course we might help get them here but in the end they have to host them and look after them and keep them happy and you're into the second year of a 10-year visitor economy strategy so I suppose um, the verdict so far is a good start yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly very promising. So um, we, the end of last year, end of 2023, this season was extended quite considerably. So with businesses reporting sort of record numbers for times like uh, October and November and, and September, actually, which are the hardest things to fill these, the, you know, these shoulder months. If you forget December and January, which 
basically nowhere's got much of a market for unless it's a local market those are the bits we we can try and make an impact on and then the most difficult things to change but actually the trajectory is really good for this year we've uh some of our uh, businesses are reporting that they were 40 percent up in their forward bookings and we've just been talking about it actually in the office that we've got coach parties booked through november which which isn't a thing that's ever happened before and it's actually what we want to do we we need to help people into the off season encourage them to come into those places so that that's where we need to be focusing our energies on behalf of the sector manx radio sport Faster my Rob Pritchard. Faster my good evening, starting with football and its first versus third in Division 2 among the latest Isle of Man fixtures scheduled for tomorrow. Michael United hosts Div 2 leaders Castletown and the northern side could go to within a point of the Southerners and Foxdale at the summit with a win. Elsewhere, just three points still separate Premier League frontrunners Peel and second-placed A United going into the weekend. All matches across the divisions tomorrow get underway at 2.30pm, with the exception of St Mary's versus Braddon in the Premier League, which starts at 1.45. Moving on, and a busy schedule of Isle of Man rugby is penned in to take place throughout tomorrow. In Regional 2 Northwest, Douglas have a tough task at home against league leaders Birkenhead Park on Saturday. But Manx Radio's rugby correspondent Dave Christian thinks, although the visitors are clear favourites, there's cause for encouragement for their Manx hosts. They've got a very potent attack, but their defence is actually worse than Douglas's. So it's not that big an uphill task, I don't think. Potentially away from home with a leaky defence, Douglas have got a sporting chance at this. Elsewhere, Vagabond's men host Blackpool in counties for ADM Lang Cheshire and Vagabonds ladies are away at women's NC1 Northwest leaders Liverpool St Helens. Meanwhile there is a three-way tie in the Manx Shield between Ramsey, Western Vikings and Southern Nomads at Morag Park from 2.15pm. And finally, the Isle of Man ladies hockey squad will be aiming to reach the last eight in the England Hockey Championships this weekend. The Manx squad travel to face Liverpool Sefton ladies first at 12pm on Saturday in the last 16 of the Women's Tier 2 Knockout Championship. Last year, the Ireland side progressed all the way to the semi-finals in the competition. Manx Radio's hockey correspondent Ben Cunningham believes the squad has the ability to go far again in the tournament this year. Coach Jamie Brown will definitely be hoping that they can progress into the uh, next round. There's lots of young players in there, but you've got the likes of Kim Carney, Zoe Crow, to name a few, all experienced players who have played for the Ireland team numerous times. So, yeah, big opportunity here this weekend. There are no league fixtures in Hockey on Ireland this weekend, as tomorrow marks the halfway point of the men's and ladies' seasons. Fixtures will resume next week. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. All looking good at the airport, the Logan Air, 6 o'clock showing on time, and the EasyJet to London Gatwick is also showing as on time. In terms of arrivals, the EasyJet from Gatwick is due in at half seven, the Logan Air from Liverpool is due in at five to eight, and the Logan Air from London City is also due in at eight o'clock, all showing on time. In terms of the roads, well, the mountain road is closed between the hairpin and the bungalow due to a collapsed culvert. The Department of Infrastructure is carrying out emergency repairs and they hope to have the road reopened by around 8 o'clock tonight. In terms of elsewhere, temporary lights in Douglas towards the bottom end of Summit Hill, also on Market Street near St Thomas's Church, while a section of Switzerland Road is closed for construction. Temporary lights on Kueg Hill and also temporary lights on King Edward Road in Onken between Gradle and the A2 and temporary lights on the main road just to the north of the Liverpool Arms. Temporary lights in Laxey on the coast road between there and Boltrine and uh, further along the coast road there are temporary lights on Pinfold Hill. Uh, up in the north, temporary lights on Chapel Hill in Bride while the Condrigad Road in Andreas is also closed. Uh, temporary closures on the Balalai Road in South of Kirk Michael. Uh, temporary lights on Quakivody Strait too, look out for those. Uh, closures in phases on the Starvey Road as well and the bottom end of the uh, Balabui 
closed until the end of the month. Temporary lights in Ramsey, on Peel, sorry, on the Ramsey Road near Battery Lane. And also uh, there are closures in phases on the Ballakill Ferric Road. Ask how you can spread the cost interest-free at Around 20 local charities gathered at the NSC in Douglas today to inform members of the public about what they provide. It was organised by the Manx Care Advice and Liaison Service. Their experience and engagement lead is Karen Maddox. Manx Care is still quite new. You know, we're coming into our third year this year, 2021, coming out of the pandemic we were established. And MCALS was a really big part of that because it's a one-stop shop. It's more an integrated service. Whereas previously you might have had the hospital running on its own, you might have had primary care, GP practices running on their own, and now we're all coming together to support the people of the Isle of Man, to, to really join things up and bring things together. And we're, we're really starting to find, you know, 20,000 people have come through our doors in the last two years to talk to us, we can give them help and support. And whether it's a waiting for a GB appointment, whether it's, you know, I've, I've had some good experience, but I just want to share that, or whether, you know, it hasn't quite hit the mark, what can I do and how can you help me rectify it? And that's what we do. We listen to people, we understand, and we share that feedback back to our Manx Care Board so that they can shape the future direction. And then that also gets shared with our commissioner, which is the DHSC, who then can form strategies and plans for how we can go in the future. So it's really important that we listen to the patient voice, we listen to it, and we make changes from that. And that's how we're going to basically develop for the future of the Isle of Man Health Service. So this is really exciting today. So we're very glad that people have come. Douglas Council claims the garden waste collections have been successful. Chair of the Environmental Services Committee, Falk Horning, says composting it on Ireland is cheaper than if it is burnt. So concerning Douglas residents, um, the garden waste collections have started again. It will be the same like last year. So it's still grass cuttings, leaves, hedge cuttings, twigs, bedding from guinea pigs and rabbits and so on that can go in those uh, bins. Please don't throw any other stuff in there that could contaminate the waste arisings, which cannot be composted. How successful has it been for residents and the council? It has been very successful. Over 3,900 bins have been delivered until the end of last year. And originally the council ordered 4,200. So basically all the bins that were originally ordered um, have been taken up. Hundreds of tons of garden waste have been composted in the last year. And of course, with more and more people taking it up, we will get even higher risings, I suspect, uh, this year. So what happens to the garden waste after it's collected? It goes to a company that is just next to this Eastern Civic Community site and it gets composted there. It's like a commercial compost operation. It gets turned into basically soil. Council is paying for that service. So for every ton that we drop off to be composted, the council has to pay something. But it's a much smaller fee payable for the compost, uh, for the green waste to be dropped off, rather than what we would have to pay for the waste to be burned. So it's not only good for the environment as the stuff gets composted, but it's also better for the council's finances. And that's it for update. Compiled from the resources of Manx Radio's News Department, thank you, newsreader Lewis Foster and producer Amy Griffiths. Just time for me to say hello, podcast audience, listening anywhere in the world and at any time of day or night. Thank you for making Update the Isle of Man's most subscribed to news podcast. If you know someone who you think would enjoy a daily bulletin of news from the Isle of Man, tell them updates available as a podcast via Apple, Google, Smart Speaker, Spotify or the TuneIn app. You can get all the details at the App Store or at manxradio.com. And if you have a comment on the news agenda or a story you think we should be covering, email update at manxradio. That's it. Thank you.